Hey crew, this is the Active Oakland Podcast. We wanted to start with a quick question. Are you an active individual in the Bay Area who prioritizes their fitness and wants to enjoy a pain-free and healthy lifestyle? Are you the kind of person who finds great fulfillment in being active, whether that's playing sports, running marathons, hitting lifting PRs, or being the weekend warrior? Well, if that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. We are here to provide you with the tools to stay active for life. The Active Oakland Podcast is sponsored by ProKinetics Physical Therapy and Performance. At ProKinetics, we help active adults and athletes in the Oakland and the surrounding Bay Area get back to workouts and sports they enjoy without having to go through surgery, stopping activities they love, or relying on pain medicine. We're going to achieve these goals by focusing on four key pillars of health. These pillars are movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. We want to teach you how to become more resilient individuals and how to move better and optimize our bodies to live better for life. So head over to ProConnectRehab.com and see how we can help you get back to your active lifestyle. All right, crew. Here we are with the second episode of the Active Oakland podcast. And our special guest today is Allison Ressler. And she's the owner of Truth and a strength and conditioning specialist. And she's going to share her expertise with us today. So thank you, Allison. Thank you for joining us today. And um, maybe we could just start with you kind of giving us a little background about uh, your experience with the gym when you started True. Um, so yeah, just let us know what your experience has been as a gym owner of True. Well, thank you for having me, guys. I'm so excited to be here. You know, I have owned a True for five and a half years, and I've been a strength and conditioning specialist for 19 years. So uh, I've been in the game a while, I guess you could say, although as a gym owner, not as long as others. Uh, it's been a crazy up and down, you know, roller coaster of a ride, but loving every minute of it. I get to bring people together, get to form community. I get to work with awesome practitioners varying special specialties and abilities. Um, really, the, it kind of the challenges and the fun never end, both from a business perspective as well as a one-on-one and hands-on with clients perspective. No, that's awesome. And were you always interested in starting your own practice? Like, were you always interested in the business side, or was it um, just kind of evolved as you uh, as you spend time as a strength and conditioning specialist? So I literally fell into this profession. Um, I was training for the Olympics in track and field as a pole vaulter, and I broke my back. And I was told I would never be able to walk again. And so I went through the rehab process and was told I couldn't compete anymore. And so I literally had to get find something I could do. And so I started training athletes and working with athletes at the University of Oregon with nutrition, injury prevention, that kind of stuff. Um, I did obviously learn to walk again and can do most things. Um, and so from there, I started kind of getting excited about working with athletes, even though I couldn't necessarily quote unquote be one anymore. And um, I, so I worked with them for like the first four or five years of my training career. And so it wasn't like it was my goal. I actually thought I wanted to be a sports agent representing football players, you know, be like that tough girl in the, in the men's world. And I guess I technically am still, most gym owners are not female. Um, but uh, 
so yeah, so that's kind of how I started. And then it just evolved. Like the more I was in it, then I started working with general population and helping people, you know, train through their pregnancies, recover from injuries, extreme weight loss. I've helped people lose over 300 pounds. Like, so I, I've gotten the chance to do a little bit of everything. So I did definitely fall into it. It wasn't kind of what my dream was when I, you know, was growing up. No, yeah, that's awesome. And then um, we've been, Ben and I as PTs have been practicing out of your gym. Well, ProKinetic started about a year ago with you guys. Um, and it's such a unique facility because it's such a multidisciplinary thing. Um, is part of your background with like having to go through that rehab and all your different wide variety of experiences, why you kind of wanted to make true this hub of kind of a varied clinicians, kind of a conglomerate of all these different professions or... Yeah, definitely. So I found just from my own needs and going through rehab and I was, you know, I was seeing physical therapists, I was seeing acupuncturists, I was seeing chiropractors, I was seeing my general, um, general medicine practitioners, I was seeing Pilates, you know, so I was seeing all these different practitioners get my body right. And I lucked out in that I went to a big university that had a lot of that stuff in one place for me, but I did have to leave. And it's, it's hard when you have to go across town to something. And then you got to get those two people to connect and talk about what's going on. And there's a lot of disconnect that happens. And so I, when I was putting together True, my main focus was community. Community both from the client's perspective, but also community from the practitioner's perspective. Because what happens a lot of times is, and I know for sure for PTs uh, in terms of physical therapists as well as trainers, people tend to get just so focused on their own little practice. Mm -hmm. And they don't necessarily expand their network outside of the networking happy hour they go to or whatever it might be. And so they don't always have someone to lean on to ask those questions, to be able to refer to that they can trust. Also for the clients, like I can refer to you guys in-house. I can walk over and introduce you. But if I say, I want you to go see Sarah Jo in Berkeley, the likelihood of my client going is greatly reduced versus them coming to a place they're already familiar with where they've already seen that person, where they trust me, you know, it, the, the chance of them getting the treatment that they need is just multiplied exponentially. So yeah, it kind of, I wanted it ease for client, but also ease for practitioner. For sure, for sure. Is, uh, so obviously, you know, the multidisciplinary approach kind of separates True from other gyms. Is there other things that kind of separate uh, True from other gyms as well, outside of that multidisciplinary aspect? Uh, absolutely. I would say our focus on community. So one of the biggest things for me as the owner of Truve and what I tell every person who walks through the studio, both as a client and a practitioner, is our focus is on creating this inviting, welcoming community where literally anyone is welcome. So it doesn't matter what your race is, what your religion is, what gender you identify or don't identify as, um, your socioeconomic status. Um, this is a space where everyone is welcome. There's nobody who will be turned away. Um, that's why practitioners are committed to giving back to the community. That's why we offer free classes and free events. Uh, it's why, like, I have an acupuncturist who does free treatments for people going through cancer. Um, you know, uh, you guys, for example, do workshops that educate people on how they can take care of their bodies for free. Um, so yeah, I would say that's a big thing. Like we are committed to giving back to our community and making sure high quality health and wellness is accessible to everyone, not to just those who can afford it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so you talked about physical therapy in the past and one question we get a lot is, 
um, and I'm sure you get a lot too, is when somebody has an injury, you know, what, what should they be working through? What should they not be working through? And if you're working with a client that does have an injury or somebody that is trying to work through that, what do you encourage them to do? So definitely depends uh, on what the injury is and the individual practitioner's knowledge on said injury. So I have a few rehab specialties myself. I have obviously been through, I was a play hard, get hurt hard kind of a, a kid and adult even. Um, so I've gone through a lot of stuff, but I always ask the first question is, what kind of pain is it? Like, is it dull? Is it achy? Is it sharp? Is it electrical? Is it stabbing? Anything that is stabbing, electrical, sharp, we are not working through that. We're addressing that. And if it's not something that I can address, I'm immediately referring them out to somebody who can for an evaluation uh, to see if it's something that they can handle. Um, if it's something that's just like kind of dull or sore, we're probably going to go through a variety of different techniques, whether it's something from Z Health, whether it's fascial release work, whatever it might be, some dynamic movements to see if we can get people out of pain. A lot of times we can, a lot of times it's postural issues, you know, that we can address or it's a mechanical issue that we can address um, and then it will get them out of pain. So it really just depends on what it is. Uh, I always say that every practitioner has their own set of tools in their toolbox and you should use what you have, but, but don't try to use something that you're not skilled in, right? So I'm probably not going to do an ACL test on somebody who's complaining about their knee if I don't know that I can do it correctly, but I might go through a variety of other tests that I know can be done correctly. So depending on what the injury is, uh, depending on what the practitioner's knowledge is, um, I think that there's definitely some steps that you can take. I think that most people can continue to do some form of movement. I mean, I have clients who come in with like a broken leg. We can still work all the rest of their bodies, right? So there's nothing wrong with their arms, their core, their other leg. As a matter of fact, oftentimes working the other limb um, allows you to have less atrophy in the one that is injured, right? Because your body wants to stay um, as symmetrical as possible. So I always encourage people, even if their physician says, you know, do nothing, and this goes for pregnant women too, because sometimes you get a physician who says, do nothing, um, to really like consult with uh, other practitioners that you trust and maybe get a second opinion on that and learn some other ways that you can continue to move, not only just for your body, but also for your mental health. For sure, for sure. No, I think that's super important. I like that you brought the point about, you know, it's so common for people, especially people that are active, that go in and see their physician or their primary care, like, I have pain with running, and they simply tell them, or I have pain with working out, and they just simply, well, you know, you're getting almost part of, part of life, just stop working out, and we know, like, that's that's one of the worst things that people can do, that just leads to more injuries down the road, um, on top of one that they already have right now, I think it's awesome that, you know, you, like you said, if you have a broken leg, you can still work out your upper body, and you can still get, work out the strong, strong side, and get some of that carryover, so I think that's super important uh, for a listener. Definitely. Well. Sure, for sure. Yeah. And then, um, and then another question that we get a lot, and I'm sure you, you get a lot as well, is um, you know should be should pregnant woman be working out uh, during pregnancy, and if so, to what extent? You know that's case by case, right? Everybody has a different um, pregnancy. So I personally actually just last year trained nine women from before pregnancy through to the other side. And, and you'll even see some other little ones running around the gym sometimes. Um, but yes, it just depends on your pregnancy. If you are a high risk pregnancy, 
we probably need to modify some things. Maybe you do need to minimize some of the activities that you're doing. Maybe you're not doing heavy squats anymore. But the majority of people who do not have a high-risk pregnancy can continue doing what they were doing prior to getting pregnant through their whole pregnancy. Now that one exception would be if you are having twins or multiples of some nature, oftentimes you need to stop a little bit sooner, uh, but not always. Uh, I actually trained a client with twins right up until three weeks before she gave birth. So it just depends. There are some modifications. Yes, you're gonna modify things that have you laying down on your back. Yes, you're gonna be mindful of your heart rate, right? Um, so there's only certain markers and things that you should be mindful of, but most women can continue working out, doing whatever they were doing previously through the duration of their pregnancy. What they shouldn't do is decide, oh no, now I'm gaining weight. I need to increase my activity level. That's when we start to have issues. So if you were doing activity before, great. Don't start later unless you're gonna start something like a very gentle yoga or walking more, something like that. That's not gonna be super taxing on your heart rate and or cause stress to the child. For sure, for sure. Yeah, totally agree with all those comments. Um, you know, there's so many, there's so much research that's coming out and backs up that, you know, women should continue to work out through pregnancy. And there's so much benefits, not just for the, for the mother, but also the child as well. So I think Absolutely. that's right that, continue to work out and whatnot. Definitely. I mean, it's been shown to improve uh, the uh, shorten the time that women are actually in labor. There's been uh, less damage sometimes to women when they're actually going through the birthing process just because they stayed strong, because they stayed mobile and all of that. So I would keep yeah. moving if you can. For sure. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, when they want to get back to after, after giving birth, if the bounce back to get back to working out is much quicker too. Um, sometimes that process, you know, can be can be dragged out for a long time, especially if they haven't been exercising for nine months on top of that before, before the for birth sure. process. You too. know, I've um, I've had clients who, you know, they say, well, after my six weeks, and their doctors have released them to come back at week three or four because their bodies were actually ready to start getting back into movement. No, they weren't, you know, dragging tires or pushing sleds or anything, but they were able to get back to movement two to three weeks sooner than is kind of the typical you can start getting back in just because they were so strong before they went into labor. For sure, for sure. And then um, one thing I want to talk, uh, have you touch on too today was uh, nutrition. And, you know, we see these, there's so many fads and there's so many different uh, nutrition plans out there. And we kind of wanted your, your take on, on the different plans that are out there. And is, is there one that's better than uh, others? So yes, there's one that's just the best. And the one that's the best is the one that you are going to stick to and feels right for your body. Because the reality is, is that I didn't grow up in Iowa and I know that at least one of you did, right? Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> what you grew up eating versus what I grew up eating versus my family's history and all of that is going to impact how I choose to eat and what feels good to my body. So I always tell clients, yes, I encourage them to, you know, aim towards five to six servings of fruit a day to aim towards seven to 10 servings of vegetables a day, and then get their protein as it feels right for them. You'll have other people who are like paleo this, or, you know, um, you need to fast or you need to do whatever the things are right. Um, and uh, keto, Although I actually never recommend keto unless you have very specific health reasons for it, just because the long-term effects can kind of be damaging. But um, 
the reality is, is like, what are you going to stick to? What gives you the right amount of energy? What keeps you from feeling lethargic? What helps you sleep? What improves your athletic performance? Your, what keeps you from having that brain fog, right? An attorney can't necessarily go super low carbohydrate because they will start getting that brain fog. Like your brain needs sugar, right? So there's not one size fits all. There's just what's right for you. Um, but as a general guidelines, drink as much water as you possibly can, limit your alcohol consumption. That doesn't mean you can't drink, right? Have a glass of wine a day if you want to. It's not gonna kill you, but be mindful about what you're putting into your body, limit your processed foods, um, limit your added sugars, get your sugars from fruits. You can eat as many fruits as you want and actually have no negative impacts on your body. It's been shown that they've been able to get people with uh, type 2 diabetes down to the lowest amounts of insulin by putting them on raw food diets that are super high in, in uh, fruits. So there's definitely a nutrition plan out there for everyone, and it's never one size fits all. I don't care what trainer tells you it is, it's never one size fits all. For sure. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And uh, back to the point about uh, the keto, keto diet, because that's, that's been huge lately too. Um, and we've actually, as physical therapists, we've seen actually some of our patients are seeing us because they sustained an injury, a muscular injury. And we asked them about their nutrition and they said that they've recently switched to a keto diet. And so when they're not getting their, they stop, um, you know, eating, they stop getting the nutrition that they need, and so their body starts breaking down because they, they stopped eating certain amounts of certain types of food, and their body started breaking down because of it. And so I think it's important to get that wide range. Make sure that if you're going to stop consuming a certain type of food, you've got to replace that with, with um, in one way or another when you switch to these new diets. You know, absolutely. Like, there's a healthy way to be vegan. There's a healthy way to be vegetarian. There's a healthy way to be a carnivore, right? There's a healthy way to do all of it. And it does come down to that variety. And what ends up happening is people go, well, so-and-so lost 30 pounds doing this thing, so I'm going to do it. And what they don't realize is they haven't done the nutrition or they haven't met with a professional who can help guide them through to make sure it's well-balanced is they do create these deficits or they try to make up those deficits by taking vitamins or some supplements that are most of the time manufactured, right? Genetically modified, they've been created so they're synthetic. And so they're not actually getting absorbable nutrients that their body can create amino, essential amino acids out of, or, you know, amino acids out of, they're not getting the essential amino acids from foods that they need. And so their body does break down. These injuries happen. Soft tissue injuries happen. Bone issues happen, you know? So you do see an increased number when people make these drastic changes from one nutrition plan to the other, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Like, especially like with, uh, uh, people that go vegan from vegetarian, they cut out so much their, their meat. And so they're not getting the protein source that they need. And that leads to the muscular injury as well. So it's super important to know that you have to, if you're already going to switch these vegan, the vegan diet or vegetarian diet, that you need to be getting protein source one way or another. You can't just cut out meat and be done with it. You've got to find other ways to replace that. So Definitely. Um, and I mean, to like quickly touch on that, it doesn't mean you need to eat endless amounts of legumes, right? It's not handfuls of nuts. It's not like, beans and lentils at every single meal but it is getting a general knowledge of like what amino acids are in what and what combinations of foods do i need to be eating and what people don't realize is calorically 
typically, if you're not a bread, pasta, vegan or vegetarian, which tends to happen because that's the easiest, um, is that uh, you have to eat larger quantities of food because they're not as calorically dense. Like eating five cups of spinach is not the same as eating a chicken breast. So uh, people don't always necessarily, because they're like, oh, I can only eat so much salad or whatever the thing is. So calorically also they can find themselves struggling a little bit to build muscle mass or to prevent some of these injuries just because they're not consuming enough once they switch over to one of those other nutrition plans. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, as, as far as like nutrition as well, do you, do you tend to work more with like fat loss clients or do you also work with like some people just generally trying to get stronger or what do you usually, what is your usual population that you're working with? Because so you change the diet based on that as well. Definitely. I am probably our only trainer in the facility who truly works with a little bit of everything. Um, I have weight loss clients, I have weight gain clients, I have pregnancy clients, I have injury rehab clients, I have general health and wellness clients, kind of the full spectrum. I have pretty even uh, women and men clientele as well in all ages. Um, so for me, I do have a wide variety and I do, everybody has their own individualized nutrition plan based on what their goals are. Again, kind of the overarching is First, are we getting enough fruits? Are we getting enough vegetables? And then tweaking from there. Um, because mm -hmm. that is kind of a across the board, everybody needs those things as we just talked about in order to get enough variety, in order to get all the nutrients that they need. Um, but yes, I'll tweak like how much protein somebody should have or do I think they should have more or less fats? Um, but I would say fruits, vegetables, and water are like the three things that are pretty consistent across all clients regardless of what their goals are. Do you, um, so when we kind of like, cause all of this kind of comes down to like us changing our habits. So it's like obviously addressing the nutritional habits. Do you ever try to go into other things as like lifestyle things, like maybe stress or sleep, or do you ever try to like reach out to your clients? So, cause all of these factors play a role, but I think yeah. a lot of times we're like missing pieces of that puzzle and we're only like focused only on the diet. And then maybe it's not as effective as it, we thought it could be or should be based on like what you're eating because maybe we're not getting enough sleep or our stress is super high. So you ever kind of dive into that with your clients as well? Definitely. So all of my programs uh, include their strength with me, their cardio program outside of when they see me, their nutrition and daily check-ins. So okay. the majority of my clients are texting me a picture of everything they eat every time they eat because there's that extreme <laughs> accountability. It's funny, my husband's like, somebody's food. I don't even know what it is when he sees my phone but because um, I get hundreds of pictures of food all day long. Um, but also, it's what time did you go to bed? What time did you wake up? Did you wake up in the middle of the night at all? Um, how is your body feeling? Am I lethargic? Am I energized today? Kind of taking those things and, well, you had a crazy busy, you know, day yesterday or you have this stressful thing coming up. Here are some ways we can manage that. Should we work some meditation in? Do we need to work some breathing exercises in? Do we need to remove your phone from the room because you get caught scrolling on it? So we definitely talk about different lifestyle changes and habits that people can make. The big thing being is that I don't dump it all on them at once. I ask them, what is the one thing that feels most manageable for you to tackle right now? And that's something we talked about in their very first session. So they come in, we do an initial consultation. I watch them move. I look for imbalances, weaknesses. I learn about their day-to-day -day and their nutrition. 
And then I pick out a few things that I say, hey, these are some areas we can work on. What feels like the most realistic thing for you to do now? Is it to increase exercise? Is it to go to bed a half an hour earlier? Is it to increase your water from 30 ounces a day to 60, whatever, you know, whatever the thing is. And we work on that for one week with that thing being our sole focus. And then if that becomes something that feels like, okay, I got this, then we add one more thing to it. And so over the course of the time that we're working together, they start building these habits. And if they find that they're like, you know what, I keep trying really, really hard to hit the, because most of the time I tell clients I want them to drink 80 to 100 ounces of water a day, and they say I'm still struggling to get past 50, then we start breaking it down. And we're like, well, what do we need to change? What do we need to do so that we can, can, we can make that a habit that's just an easy, no-brainer habit for you? And we work through that. But we never jump to the next thing before they feel like they are confident that because what's going to happen is they're going to get overwhelmed and they're going to get discouraged. They're going to get frustrated with themselves. They're going to get frustrated with me. And then in the end, they're not actually going to reach any of the goals they set out to reach. And then they have a negative opinion of themselves and trainers and, or this opportunity to change themselves as a whole. Right. And we don't want that. And we, we want to make sure that they're seeing progress, even if it's incremental towards what they're trying to achieve. Um, habits are built when you feel good about things, not when you feel bad about things. Totally, totally. So, um, do you find that that's kind of one of the barriers that people have is they feel overwhelmed initially by, cause there's so much information out there. So many things that maybe we all should be trying to, we're trying to progress our health and fitness. Like we all have this like endless spectrum of things we could work on. So do you feel like that's kind of your job as their coach and trainer is help them kind of narrow down that focus, prioritize and almost like systemize like how we want to attack this like breaking into small chunks versus just there's so many things thrown at them at once yeah definitely i think by the time somebody is ready to ask for a trainer or a physical therapist or applies instructor whatever it might be they're usually at this point where they're like i don't know what to do now right like i'm willing to accept help and as a practitioner, you need to be ready to give them only as much help as they're ready to receive. Mm -hmm. So you can tell, like you get a client who you can give them the five exercises and their type A personality, and they're going to do all five exercises three times a day, just like you told them. Only you told them three times a day, thinking they'd only do it one time a day, right? So we all have those clients and you can sense that from the client. And then we also all have those clients who literally physically need you to check in with them every single day and say, Hey, did you remember to brush your teeth today? Right? Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> because just that most basic, simple thing, because of wherever they are in their life, in their mental state, whatever it might be, is challenging for them. So as a practitioner, it is your job to learn to gauge and read your clients and only give them as much as they can handle at any one point in time. And that's going to vary client by client. But yes, I feel like every professional that is their job, whether you are a doctor, whether you are a nutritionist, whether you are a trainer, or even a group fitness instructor, you know, every person who comes in there is in a different state and it's your job to meet them where they're at. It's not your job to force them to go somewhere they're not ready to be. For sure, for sure. Um, one last question, then we'll, we'll let you go because we know, we know you're busy and we're running out of time here. Um, but so there's a lot, of, one thing we get here a lot too is um, women that don't want to work out or lift lift heavy because they're worried about getting bulky. Um, what would you tell, what would you say to them and what would you encourage them to do? You are not going to get bulky unless you are <laughs> using some extra stuff. <laughs> 
to get bulky. <laughs> um, women just don't have enough testosterone. Even if you lift really, really heavy, and I can tell you when I was in college and I was running track and I was deadlifting 250 pounds, I don't do it now, but when I was at 114 pounds, I weighed 114, deadlifting 250, I was never big and bulky. It just wasn't gonna happen. Women can get strong, they can get really lean, um, and they can get muscular, right, if they lower their body fat, but you will never be bulky. Like, you are never gonna be a bodybuilding huge woman uh, unless you are using some extra special supplementation to get you to there. So I, what I encourage women to do is, assuming you don't have an injury preventing you from doing it, lift heavy, challenge yourself, have days where you're only doing three to five repetitions um, because you're going to increase your bone density, right? So you're going to have all these other positive, uh, it's going to have all these other positive impacts on your overall health and wellness. Um, you don't need to stick with the two pound weights. You don't need to listen to what, whatever bar instructor or yoga instructor told you that you can't lift anything above five pounds. You can't. Um, now, the one thing I will say is if you are somebody who is overweight and looking to lose weight, if you start putting on some muscle mass and you are not losing body fat at the same kind of rate, you're going to feel bulky initially, right? And your clothes are going to feel tighter, but that is because you haven't dropped the body fat yet that you have to lose. Um, but if you get your body fat down in a normal range, uh, for women and you're lifting heavy, you don't have to worry about getting bulky ever. Lift heavy. Yeah, I feel like clients that we've seen before and that worked in the past is like once they actually go through this process, they're they're gonna kind of see that you know it's it's not what you'd expect where they're gonna have like big old muscles or and if yeah. anything, yeah, they feel better, they move better, and women realize how strong they can be too. Like you were deadlifting double more than double like body weight pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that can be like really empowering as well, and they just find that you know that, you know, women don't have to fit this certain stereotype of being like, you know, frail or fragile. It's like they can be really badass and strong at the same time. Absolutely. So. And it doesn't mean you're big, right? No, like, no, yeah. Just for like, even my own measurements, I would tell someone like, I weigh 130 pounds, but I'm still a size zero, right? Like, I'm a size zero in clothing, 130 pounds. I was a size zero when I was also 114 pounds, right? I got more body fat now because I'm not in a training for the Olympics anymore, but still like you can weigh and be a certain size and, and still be strong. Right. Yeah. You don't yeah. have to be smaller. You don't have to be, you know, it doesn't mean, uh, cause your weight went up because you have more muscle mass, uh, isn't a bad thing either. Like throw out the scale and just think about being strong and, you know, being able to carry your kid around or two bags of groceries at once or, being able to defend yourself if you need to, whatever the thing might be. Um, but being strong is definitely the new sexy. Agreed. Yeah, no, very <laughs> true. <laughs> yeah, well, we appreciate your time today, Allison. Uh, I know you're busy. Uh, if somebody's looking uh, to learn more about True uh, and reach out to you, uh, where can they reach you reach at? Um, your website, phone, email address. Yeah, so you can definitely reach us um, via our website, which is www.truefit.com. Uh, there's contact request uh, form there. It will come directly back to me. You can also reach us on social media, Instagram at truefit, sending us a message there. Also, I will get it 
um, or on Facebook. We do have a Facebook page there at True Fitness. But if you want to give us a call, feel free to call us at 510-788-8909. And um, as, as you guys kind of touched on earlier, I mean, we're home to personal training and Pilates and acupuncture and physical therapy and nutrition and Reiki and 90 group fitness classes per week. So there's literally something for everybody in the studio in the space and it's accessible to everybody. So we hope you do come down. No. Yeah. Thank you. And just as press personally as PTs that work there, we really find it such a unique hub because it's clinicians and the patients. It's so like you were just mentioning, such a unique experience to have all these minds kind of working together. So it is like a spot where you can kind of get almost anybody and everybody would find uh, some service or value out of it. So yeah, thank you again for coming on. Thank you for sharing your expertise. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. All right. All right. You'll have a good one, Allison. All right. All right. Bye. Bye guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Active Oakland podcast, and we will catch you next time. If you want to find out more about our guests and want to find out more about how to live a healthy and active lifestyle, then head over to ProKineticsRehab.com to learn more. Mm-hmm.